To ensure Racefuel's customers can have next day delivery, our stock of racing fuels is warehoused all across Australia and New Zealand. Racefuel stock is available via distribution points in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. And of course our head office is based in Dandenong, Melbourne. Racefuel's distribute and deliver the drums to your workshop, tune house or racetrack. So even if you're in lockdown, we can get your fuel to you. Find out more at racefuels.com.au Two of the very best operators parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Welcome back to the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm with Tony Dalberto. Once again, episode number 69. What comes to your mind when I say 69, Tony D? Not what you are thinking, you rude mofo. <laughs> uh, how hey, are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Have Very you had good. a good week? Amazing. It's it's Monday as we record this and well, no, nothing has I gone leave, wrong. No, wow. Let's, let's not, yeah. Let's talk about this, Grant. Mm-hmm. We're an hour late. Right. Yep, so oh, something sorry. has gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we had, <sighs> um, just for our listeners out there, we teed up to do this at 4 o'clock. It's now 4.55 and Tony has not really spoken to me, not much no. prior to since we've gone on this Zoom call. Not, not happy, Jan. Not happy, Jan. <laughs> Don't be I've late got, for Tony D. No, well, I've got this small little window that I can do this podcast that fits around children and... Uh, Steph's commitments and, you know, all that stuff. And then mm. when you delay it by an hour, it puts me under pressure. 50 minutes, 50 minutes. 55 minutes. I've just this been is... dealing with uh, our youngest, Hugh just jammed his fingers in the front door. Mm. Well, imagine so if that had happened while we were recording. If that had happened while we were recording, we would have heard some wild screams. He was screaming all right. So, uh, yeah. And then okay. young young Oscar copped it because he should have uh, he should have kept an eye on what he was doing, which is probably not fair. But <laughs> he shouldn't have slammed the door on his fingers. When, when you see their fingers just you know stuck in the door, you start to panic a little bit. But yep. uh, anyway, he's all good. But yeah, no. Since last time we spoke, Grant, there mm-hmm. has been quite a bit of news that's come out. No, not a lot of racing, but quite a bit of news to discuss today. And I'm I'm interested to get your thoughts on a couple of topics, a couple of things that is that are close to your heart. My heart. Great. Your heart and, and mm-hmm. your background as well. So you'll be able to give us a bit of insight Ooh, into some I, of this. I think I know what you're talking about. I think you're talking about some supercars calendar controversy yes. in, the, in the media world. Oh, there's some not so happy people. I, I like it too. I live are we going to talk about that in the news or should we talk about it now? Uh, well, we could talk about it now, I guess. All right. So let's, let, let's do some background. So I think it was like on maybe Tuesday where our good friend Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com had sort of first reported or the first time I'd seen anything was uh, anything that a calendar shift was coming. We, I guess we all kind of knew the calendar stuff was coming. Yep. AVL rolled out a story, fantastic, uh, which sort of preempted, he didn't have all of the detail, but certainly enough that suggested that the Bathurst 1000 was going to be delayed and a few other things happening. Uh, and then I think it was like Wednesday, the, 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 or maybe later that day, the key journos, auto action, speed cafe, motorsport.com. Maybe there might've been others in there. We don't get invited to this stuff, Tony. We don't get no. invited. No, not yet. We're some, we're some of the news breakers in the game and we're not being invited. <laughs> anyway, they've had a meeting with Sean Seymour, 
CEO of Supercars, and he's asked them, don't write anything more on the calendar. They've got, uh, they've got some stuff happening. A lot of partners, sponsors, teams, uh, sponsors of teams, all of that need to be, need to be mentioned and it need to be informed of, of, you know, what was going on. So I think most, all of the journalists kind of left that uh, meeting thinking, okay, cool. We don't need to write any more on that because we, uh, you know, the big dog, the big cheese has asked us not to do it. But it was, it was the next day that uh, Speak Cafe had uh, then started to roll out some um, speculative stories. So apparently in the meeting, um, Sean had, had sort of said, you know, you can kind of speculate a little bit on stuff, but, you know, don't lock anything in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah, for the, for the journos that was, could be interpreted in a million different ways. So <clears throat> yeah, I kind of don't blame, uh, some of the journos or publications for doing what they did because, you know, sh- strictly speaking, they weren't breaking any embargoes, but, um, Respect. On, the, on the other Respect. hand, on the other hand, you know, I can kind of see what, why supercars might've felt they'd been slide tackled a little bit because they kind of asked for something and, and what they'd asked for wasn't done. So yeah, I think, uh, I think it went, it went south pretty quick for, for the speak cafes who weren't invited to the actual official embargoed, um, little round table phone call, zoom chat or whatever with Sean Seymour, which did effectively lock in the calendar. So yeah, all hell broke loose. Uh, between supercars and some sections of the media on on Thursday, and when the calendar officially came out on Friday, um, you know, Speed Cafe were uh, you might have seen them tooting their horn about how many page clicks they're oh, getting. I did see that. Um, so that was a big, massive flex from uh, from the crew over there. Um, and yeah, oh, I mean, it's hard to you know, pick a side to say some, this person was definitely right or this company was definitely wrong. It, it, I don't think anyone was Come the winner. Out. I don't think anyone was the winner. For sure, um, different parties, Supercars and Speed Cafe, certainly could have gone about their business differently to avoid some of these issues. Um, uh, as, as a, for a spectator on the outside, uh, it was amazing to hear some of the, uh, the, <laughs> the hows, what's, why's and where's and whatever. So, um, yeah, <laughs> fun and games in, so, uh, so basically side. in a nutshell, speed cafe reported on something that supercars told them not to, uh, early, and then they just didn't get invited to the big round table conversation. <laughs> That's one way you could say it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but in, it, in a little nutshell. In a in a tiny nutshell, but uh, yeah, he'd asked not for for them not to say anything, but but so, but on, you can you but you your... can speculate, but you can he he apparently he'd said in this conversation, of course, Tony, we weren't invited again, just for clarity, so we weren't <laughs> in the conversations that that they were having. But you have um, you have a lot of friends though in that little room. Um, let's put your speed cafe hat back on from many years ago, yeah. or, or or motorsport news. What would you have done? Ooh, uh, I probably would have just done what um, uh, Sean Seymour had asked, really. Yeah, probably. Why? Because that's a relationship that you need to have sound to do that job at the at the very best level. Like you've always got to go to the edge when you're trying to be top line journo, breaking the big stories. You have to go to the edge. Sometimes you have to creep over the edge. 
in, in if if all of the things that we've kind of spoken about has actually happened, then really Speak FA have kind of only just crept over the edge. But because the calendar is so sensitive, because it's so delicate with so many partners that need to know what's going on, teams, sponsors, gov- government bodies. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of people who need to be across it. Yep. Uh, and yeah. So so when uh, when Speak Cafe went out and then went public with the calendar and all that stuff before time. So that was like on Thursday, I think it well, was, or Wednesday. In fairness, they didn't actually go out with the entire but, calendar. No, they, but basically. They, that's right. That's right. So anyway, so they've they gone left out, out some elements of it. The embargo was for Friday morning, but yeah. since Speed Cafe went early, who else went early? No one. They everyone all just did. waited. They all waited. Yeah, they right. all waited to to really shine the light on Speed Cafe <laughs> <laughs> to to show that there's uh, there's one bad guy. There was one only one bad guy in the situation. Do you, do you reckon Crusher really cares? <laughs> oh, I think so. He do you reckon did, he cares? Oh, uh, yeah, he would for sure. I oh, like he would. Um, uh, yeah, well, we love the crush, but uh, deep down, like he's hard on the outside, soft on the inside though, soft as jelly. Like he's like a caramello koala, that bloke. Well, he looks like that, but yeah. <laughs> um, um, he did put something. Oh, here we go. He, he did put something on social media that I thought was quite funny. Oh, is there something about a bear? Yeah, don't poke the bear, then complain about getting mauled. <laughs> yeah, very. Crushed. And then heaps of people were putting stuff up about COVID and all this sort of stuff, and he's like, no, 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 it's got nothing yeah. to do with COVID. <laughs> so I can only assume it had to do with that whole yeah, circumstance that's... that went off. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So there's uh, not much racing on, but there's a hell of a lot of action going on behind oh, the scenes. It? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. There it's, you go. It's kind of good. And look, I think uh, you know everyone will get everyone will get over it. They're all they're all big boys and girls. They'll uh, they'll deal with it, and you know they'll press on and fight another day. It would be a, it would be disappointing if there was any further action or sanction taken from nah, either either party to How can uh, to penalise people or or whatever stop people from doing their job because yeah the game of the the journalism game sometimes you've got to be friends and sometimes you you can't be friends because you got to do some things that that people don't like so that's just it, part and parcel of the whole thing it, it, it's like when drivers get told to show their personality and speak their mind and be different and don't just be like everybody else and then <laughs> we do that and then we get in trouble for bringing the sport into disrepute or if we disagree with an official or a steward's decision you can't do that yeah and suddenly you get your ass kicked and it's just like guys you can't show any personality if you if you don't want to sometimes get criticized for a decision get, that gets made anyway mm, anyway lots cool of action that was the news behind the news in this episode episode number 69 well, 60- a lot of people would not know that sort of stuff no so it is interesting so yeah. you live in your little bubble and you know this stuff that goes off but for a lot of people they would just not know some of the politics that goes on in the background mm, yep there was certainly a bit of that going on um yeah so we've got a good episode in this one we are going to talk to scotty mack the scotty mclaughlin team penske indycar star hopefully he's coming out here for the bathurst 1000 later this year he's going to dress up in the same colors as you tony d probably drive a different car to what you're going to drive 
Oh, number Willie. twelve or number seventeen? Which one? Oh, which one? Willie. Tell, just tell us which one. Which one did you? Dri- which one is actually, he driving? I actually don't know that, and I'm going to ask him. I'm going to put him on the spot because uh, <laughs> I still don't know. And now he might be coming. He's not confirming this just yet in the media. We're going to try and ask him. Don't you worry. Of course, of course. Um, but he might know who he's going to drive with, and that obviously leaves only one option for me. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Cool. We'll see. Okay. Let's see. I thought I was getting closer to knowing who I was going to drive with, and now this is just throwing a big spanner in the works. So, anyway, well, the good the thing fact- is, mm. the good mm-hmm. thing is, I've still got to drive, so that's uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Now we need you in. We need you in the race, Tony D. We absolutely need you in the race because if you're not in the race, you can't win it. And if you can't win it, you're definitely not getting one of my little heroes' kids' books, which is obviously what you're <laughs> racing for these days. For any first-time listeners, if Tony D wins the Repco Bathurst 1000, I will write and dedicate a Little Heroes children's book to Tony D. You heard oh, it first, folks. Tiny D, as he will be called. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. All right, come on. Let's go to the news. Let's do it. Oh, this is the news. It's brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au and they do some pretty awesome stuff for your brand on the interwebs. Of course, the Parked Up website's been done by them. Uh, networkr.com.au is where you can buy all your little kids' books. Uh, they've also <laughs> just launched a new website for reaction performance as well. I was actually on there yesterday and Lee Stimation, he forced me to go on there. And it's actually really good. So uh, motorsport websites can definitely look after you. You sound a bit surprised, mate. No, I'm definitely not surprised. Okay. What uh, the big news, of course, was the calendar. And we just dribbled on for a little while about some of the behind the scenes stuff with the calendar. But effectively, mm. for 99% of the population, the most important bit was how, how where are we going to fit these last five rounds of the Supercars Championship? Uh, correction. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to fit Bathurst? That's that's the only one that I care about. Okay, cool. And right. because I'm I'm part owner of this podcast, that's what we need to address first. Okay. Well, is Bath- the, when when is the Bathurst one thousand? So the Bathurst one thousand is fourth to seventh of November. It's the third round of the last. It's right in the middle of the final five. It's the third of the five. Uh, we go to Winton first in early October. TBA on the, I think it's like 26th or 28th of October, uh, which is um, typically what you would have as a MotoGP date. Uh, And typically that race is held at Phillip Island. So you can put uh, all the dots together if you like. Um, Then we'll go to- we didn't say anything, we didn't confirm that. It's TBA, it's TBA. I love that, that that track, TBA, it's it's one of the greats. (laughs) It's getting a lot of use these days. Bathurst 1000 is November 4 to 7 and the final two rounds, Sydney Motorsport Park under lights and the Gold Coast 500, the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500, which is in the first week of December. That date hasn't changed from where it was. Um, So I guess the big two big things is that the uh, Perth round and the New Zealand round at Pukekohe have both been flung. Western Australia just don't like anybody traveling over there. All the mm-hmm. COVIDs can stay right away. And New Zealand is very difficult as well. Uh, they don't like the COVIDs as much as anybody. But, uh, you know, huge commitment to get the championship over there. And look, if there's a case in Melbourne, 
if there's several cases in Melbourne or Queensland or whatever, then it, they're going to find it very difficult to get the show over there. So, um, oh, absolutely. So, so uh, it makes uh, it makes sense. Winton, uh, sorry, Victoria get two rounds in the back half of the championship with Winton and Phillip Island. I think that's pretty cool. Leaving the Bathurst One Thousand, effectively a month later buys maximum opportunity to make the great race great. So that's, think, that's important. I think you're absolutely right. They've, they've done it in a way that will ensure that the Bathurst 1000 runs and whatever fits around it, they'll just make work. But they are, they're really pinning their hopes on COVID just not existing in a couple of months. Like That's, that's just not going to happen. Well, it's, it's not, not going to happen, happen, is it? Look at, no. look, at the me- look at the mess we're in right now. Victoria is looking amazing, but on lockdown, New South Wales just off its brain. Yeah. Um, and Adelaide or South Australia has just come out of a three-day snap lockdown. So, yeah, I just think that they're putting their eggs in in a very small basket. Uh, on the back end of the year, they're really hoping that they don't have any uh, any problems with the COVIDs. Mm, there's always problems. There's always oh, problems. It just, just happens so fast, doesn't it? Mm. It just happens mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, and then Supercars are going to try and end their championship at the City Motorsport Park. It's in uh, late November. And no, I mean, even Coast. that's. No, no, no. They go to Sydney first and then the Gold Coast. Gold Coast last. So after Bathurst, Sydney night, and then Gold Coast as well. Oh. I thought so, you just said they're going to end their championship at Sydney Motorsport Park. You didn't let me finish what I was going to say. Oh. So Sydney, then the Gold Coast. And it could be, I guess, uh, that'll be awesome. Like an awesome penultimate round. If Sydney is clear at that point, which, like, think about what we did down here in Melbourne around about this time, you know, with the case numbers, very similar time of year. I think it was only on the weekend just this weekend just gone is when we were hitting the 700s in those case numbers. So, yeah, it's a similar sort of thing. Sydney aren't quite getting those big, big, big numbers, but they are pretty consistent in that one, two, 300 sort of mark. So Yeah, but the, the thing is, I think Victoria were all on board trying to get rid of it, whereas it doesn't feel like that in New South Wales. Mm. It feels mm. like there's a lot of people that have got – conspiracy theories and all sorts of stuff and they're not complying. Yep. Not complying. No. That's no good. No, no good. good. Well, it's hurting everybody. So yep. anyway. Well, if they keep it out of Bathurst, I saw some stuff from, I think it was from Sean Seymour who had uh, spoken about the potential of having all of the teams and anyone who wants to go to Bathurst fly directly into Bathurst from wherever they are. Yeah, which is completely possible. I think that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, it would basically mean that anyone from Melbourne would be able to drive straight from Victoria to Bathurst. Uh, it might just mean whatever areas of Sydney won't be able to to drive across the mountains and experience the one thousand. If that's the case, it would mean that the crowd numbers are down. But hopefully, it it also means camping can continue. Uh, and and they can still have a decent crowd. Like, you think about last year. Of course, it was great that the race ran, but it wasn't the great race. You know, there was there was no atmosphere. If you had won, Tony, we would still be celebrating <laughs> like like you're a Bathurst One Thousand winner. 
But I think, but no, I was I was spoken about this before. Like when you're actually in the race car driving around, you had no idea that there oh. wasn't as many people there. Because mate, if well, I don't have time to be looking at the crowd and waving <laughs> to the crowd. <laughs> right. So you're saying um, you're not you're not as good as Peter Brock, who no, uh, definitely yeah. not. No, no Brocky. Right. Um, but the the time uh, that I really did notice it was during the shootout. Um, obviously standing in the garage watching, um, you know, Fabs do his shootout lap. Uh, and there was just no, well, bugger all screaming and an atmosphere when he crossed the line or whoever in the top 10 crossed the line. That was when I really noticed that there was no one there to watch mm. it. So generally that's like a, absolutely electric that time of, uh, time of the weekend, the shootout is, is great to watch and, uh, just lacked every, every ounce of vibe possible. So mm. Bit of a shame. Oh well. But, uh, let's, yeah, hopefully let's more hope vibe. the race needs to go ahead. Yeah, it'll go ahead. It'll go ahead. I think the race will go ahead. How many people standing on the sidelines watching is a big question, but um, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Well, that was the calendar. Uh, and the other thing that the actually there was some actual racing on the weekend. It was a pretty sensational Formula One Grand Prix in Hungary, and a surprise winner, Tony D. And a surprise team as well taking the uh, taking the win. A uh, little bit of weather thrown in. Pretty awesome Grand Prix. It looked like a very good Grand Prix. I must admit I dozed in and out of it a little bit, but uh, I did watch the start, and uh, it was like a, a pinball machine um, taking out half the field. Poor uh, Valtteri Bottas locked a tire going down to turn one, and uh, careered into uh, Norris, and then Norris went into Verstappen. And uh, it was just an absolute mess, mm. absolute mess. And Lewis just drove off into the distance. Yep. It, was like, it was like the seas parted and, and away he went. So, and a very interesting Grand Prix. There's one point there where they restarted the race and Lewis was the only one besides the, the course car to take the start of the race. Yes, that was So weird. everybody else went into pit lane to get slick tires because the track had dried and Lewis... Uh, hadn't and uh, speaking to your uh, young counterpart Heath mm-hmm. from he Network is yes. behind that. Mm-hmm. Network R, sorry, from Network R, not from Speed Cafe anymore. No, 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 no. Auto, auto, auto action, auto, auto action. action yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> let's not taint um, him too much. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Told us the reason behind it on the observation lap like that. Uh, the team cannot tell you to come in. So if you're saying the track's dry and they can't order you to make a pit stop, you have to make the decision yourself. Why is that? I don't no like idea. that rule. That's a shit no rule. No idea. Well, obviously Lewis hasn't read that rule because he was waiting for the team to tell him if he should come in mm. and they didn't. Mm. So he rolled around, took the start and then had to come back in because the track was dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And still battled uh... back to third place though, which was pretty good. He had an awesome battle with, Fernando Alonso along the way as well in uh, in the second Alpine car, and I say the second Alpine car because the the other Alpine car of Esteban Ocon actually took the race win, so he had qualified okay. I, I can't exactly remember where he was, but talking about C's parting, he was the one to benefit the most from that first turn, Shemozalathon and uh, popped out in in like second or third place or whatever it was and has effectively held on to that for the duration of the sort of stop start race with variable weather conditions 
did an awesome job to take that team's win. Of course, that team has been in different guises over the uh, past few years. Renault, uh, the factory Renault team in, in recent times. Uh, and as I guess Icon was a bit of a bit player uh, and certainly the number two behind Daniel Ricciardo during his couple of years uh, at the Renault team. And, and now he's uh, stepped up and has taken his first Grand Prix win in a chaotic Crazy. race. Chaotic Crazy. race, but uh, full credit to him and great to see a new team, new driver on the top step of the podium. And uh, I, I guess the only disappointing thing is that Max uh, Verstappen didn't really get to capitalise on the speed that he had or would have had during that race. And uh, Lewis has extended that championship lead considerably. And now we go into a big, that they're effectively their summer break. So a few weeks between rounds uh, before we get stuck in again. So um, Mercedes and Lewis hold the upper hand before we get into the back half of the championship. Yeah, it's hard not to uh, think that there's a bit of momentum swing um, towards Lewis and Mercedes now. Um, prior to uh, the last couple of rounds, you would have said Red Bull had this championship by one hand, but now you'd think they've sort of lost their grip a little bit. And it's interesting, Verstappen getting a little bit upset during the week uh, with journos asking more and more questions about the incident that Lewis and Max had at mm. Silverstone only a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago. And uh, he basically cracked it and said, I've had enough of talking about this. You know, can we just get on with the weekend? And whereas Lewis... He's just cool as a cucumber. He's absolutely like no dramas. You can see that he's playing a big game. Mm. I reckon that he, he's handling the situation very well. And you can see the strength, I suppose, of uh, his character and uh, how he sort of deals with this pressure. And um, that, that I think, in the, in the end of the day, if he does win the championship, he'll not because he's got the fastest car, he'll overcome Max just with um, just pure experience. Mm. Mm, well, interesting. It's a juicy battle. It's a good battle. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, we've been missing this for the last few years with Mercedes running away with it and, and Lewis hasn't had the teammate to really challenge. You know, nothing uh, – if you can't have a driver from Team A and then a driver from Team B running up against each other, at least have uh, the two drivers from the same team trying to smash each other off. But that mm. really hasn't happened at Mercedes because Lewis has – always or seem to have always had the upper hand and is certainly uh, i'd hate to see the stats i'd hate to be valtteri bottas and look at the stats Mm. comparing him and lewis that would be i tell you i wonder how many people like fans are blaming valtteri for ruining uh, max's race and that he meant it and all these conspiracy theories around it wasn't that (laughs) disgusting though at the end of qualifying lewis had taken pole really good session deserved the pole was interviewed after the race for TV, which get broadcast out to all the fans, and they all booed him. As soon as yep. he started talking, they started booing, and I thought that was disgusting. That's yeah, no, no good. good, no good. But see his response to it, though. He just brushed it off, no dramas. <clears throat> That's true. And whether whether it hurts him or not, he's not letting on. He He's just not taking his focus off the job. And I think that, in a way, will get – like Max will get more and more uptight and upset that he can't rattle him. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yep, we'll see. But it. very, very good weekend uh, of racing in Formula One. A little bit of a shame, though, uh, Sebastian Vettel actually got 
a second place in the Grand Prix and actually had a very good race, but got disqualified, disqualified after the race. Mm. Well, not enough fuel. He didn't talk to Mark Tini and the great team at Race Fuels just to put a little bit more of that uh, go-fast juice in it. So did that promote Alonso? Well, promoted Alonso up to fifth, but it promoted uh, Lewis uh, promoted uh, Lewis to second. Yeah, and promoted uh, Carlos Sainz up to third place. Ah, there you go. It would have been amazing to have Alonso back on the podium. Mm, close, close. Now he was uh, he was fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, but there and, you go. And 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 the Williams got a double po- uh, double right. points, I should say. Double That's... points and and bloody George Russell was crying after yeah. the race because he finally scored his points. And I was, I'm thinking, mate, you got beaten by your teammate though. That <laughs> apparently you smoke every weekend and you're so much better than he yep. beat you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think deep down he'd be a bit upset with that. He'd be yeah. happy, like oh, thrilled that he, they got points. But I think that's why he was crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just been donging him the whole time, uh, the last yeah. two or three years or whatever, and then and uh, he has they... a blinder. Yeah, uh, well, there. That's it. So if you didn't watch the Hungarian Grand Prix, you have to go back and watch it because, um, yeah, there was a fair bit going on there. Um, okay, uh, and that I think was about all the uh, news we can sort of think of, or race racing anyway. We're in a bit of a lull here in Australia. Everything's getting cancelled and we're parked up. Actually, I heard on the broadcast they used parked up a couple of times as well. So it's not just Crompton and Scafey just trotting out our name. Uh, it's the big dogs. They use parked up all the way at the very top of the sport, Tony D. Well, I actually contacted Natalie Pinkman to see if she wanted to come on to our parked up podcast. Oh, yeah? Yep. She didn't good. want to. No. Oh, no. That's a shame. But but now she knows who parked up are. So that's probably why it's spreading to Formula One. <laughs> Very good. And, and we've asked uh, Michael Massey as well, and he's going to come on the show soon. But he just had a couple of races to get under his belt. So we're hoping in the next few weeks we can get him on. That bloke has got a summer break now. He's got a that's summer right. break. He's sitting there doing absolutely nothing, probably trying to avoid COVID at all possible mm. costs. And mm. Yep. But I'd love to get let's him on the on show him. because yeah, let's uh, he's had some very interesting chats over the radio recently and had to make some amazing, well, probably not so amazing for him, but uh, tough decisions with uh, the big dogs breathing down his neck. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay, let's go. Let's get into uh, Scotty Mack, of course, the three-time Supercars champion, left our shores a, uh, at the start of this year. To start a new adventure in IndyCar, driving for the same team, Team Penske, that he won the his supercars titles with, uh, but he's moved on to a completely different style of car, different style of racing, racing on ovals, racing on road courses, in an open wheel IndyCar. It's America's most favourite and famous uh, form of racing. Um, form of open wheel racing, at least. I'm pretty sure NASCAR would probably get pretty upset if they heard me say that. <laughs> but he's doing an incredible job for a rookie, for someone who hasn't driven an open wheel car since probably Formula Ford um, back when he was. Oh, they let them in New Zealand, they let them race Formula Fords when you're like 13 or something. So yeah, yeah. he hasn't done much open wheel racing for a while. It's a completely different thing for him, living in a completely different part of the world. Uh, and 
given Tony D that he's uh, yeah going to be dressed in the same colours as you later in the year. We thought we'd catch up uh, while they're having a little bit of a break before they get into a pretty chaotic end to the season. We've been following him from a distance and now we're going to talk to him on the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. It's Scott McLaughlin. And it's great to have Scott McLaughlin back on the Parked Up podcast all the way over from the States. Scotty Mack, it's great to see you. How are you? Yeah, good day, boys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Mate, a, uh, it's been awesome to watch and follow what you've got going on over in the States there. Just looking at you on Zoom there, you've got a nice little tan at the moment as well, looking real fresh. Yeah, it's summertime. Summertime over here. It's very warm. It's like uh, I'm starting to get into Fahrenheit now. So it's like 95 degrees. So it's like 35 degrees uh, outside. Um, yeah, it's it's a... Uh, it's pretty it's been been a nice time it's been weird because i've been you know used to this time of year is always you know around my birthday is is winter time and and it was blistering hot outside for my birthday this year so it's um enjoying it yeah very good mate uh again we've been really enjoying watching your progress some some real good highs uh, a couple of lows as well which uh, i guess you'll you'll probably admit you know you're a rookie in the indycar series just top line what's what's it been like ah it's been awesome you know it's uh it's hard not to uh, be so excited when you talk about it and and um you know for me you know i was yeah, for sure. I've had plenty of highs and plenty of lows, and there's also been, you know, some stuff in between that I wouldn't think were, were good results, but quietly bubbling away has been good for my progress moving forward. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I've, I've had to really adjust my goals because the last sort of four or five years, I've, you know, every time I've gone out on the racetrack, I've wanted to win. And oh, like, not that I don't want to win now, but I've had the obvious chance to, you know, if I was finished outside the top five, you know, I'd be upset. Where here, it's like, you know, a top five for me is a win. And, you know, anything, you know, I just really need to learn and improve. And trying to change my whole mindset on that has been quite difficult. Um, and, and uh, yeah, once I sort of settled down and accepted that, all right, I'm a rookie and getting on with it, um, yeah, I've enjoyed it a lot more. Scott, tell us about how physical the cars are to drive. We did speak about it last time we caught up, but... Um, it's something that you've had to adjust to. I mean, we think supercars are tough and and they're difficult to drive and you know, they're beasts of things, but I think uh, the IndyCar takes it to a next level. Yeah, the biggest thing with the supercar now driving one-on-one is is like, it's just hot. Like it's it's really hot. Mm-hmm. And when you brake, it's, you know, that's when, you know, you really feel the forces through, through your body where in the IndyCar, it's that, Plus, you've got no power steering, which makes it really heavy. I've really had to build up all my like shoulder muscles and neck muscles and stuff to, you know, cope with the G's. And um, and when you're on a qualifying lap, it's you're almost at the point of failure. You know, like when you're at the at the gym and and you like just can't do one more rep. It's the same sort of thing when you get to the end of a lap, and especially when you're doing like a four lap run on tires that take a while to come on, especially the black tire that we run on. Sometimes it doesn't come up the first lap you've got a number of laps before it comes on so by the end of your qualifying step be spent and you're, you're, you're trying to tell the boys exactly what you need in a short period of time and you're puffing like crazy so <laughs> i'm definitely i'm tenfold a lot fitter than i was or just fitter in different areas I, I was fit last year but i think you know i'm a lot stronger um you know sure i've got i can um I wrestle the car around a bit better especially since you know from the start of my indycar career 
Um, mm. But yeah, it's a, a tough beast for sure. But the oval, it's, it's more mentally draining than, than physically. Physically, it's not hard, but um, more so physical, uh, a lot harder on the, the road and street courses. What's it been like working with some of your teammates? I mean, you've got some top-class drivers there. Um, are they as spent after the race or do you, do you think, you know, after a couple more years, you adapt further and, um, you know, you can be at their level of fitness or acclimatize to the environment a bit better? I think, uh, yeah, I was, it's interesting because when I sort of spoke to Will or Simon and I'm I was, I, at the end of a test day, so at the start of the year, I was like, you know, are you tired? Like, what's your neck like? Because my neck is spent. Like, right. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like it hurts initially. Like the first day in the car is always sore and i think yeah i'm i'm definitely uh you know started off probably not quite at their level but i'm for sure now at that point where it's you know for me it's not really an issue like i mean the last couple of races especially it's been really hot the hot doesn't affect me as much as those guys um you know i'm used to that i'm used to the heat in the supercar so i think that helps me a little bit so getting acquainted to the heat wasn't too bad but certainly my strength level has come up to their, their level now. And, and uh, yeah, I feel, you know, sort of just as fit, um, you know, as them. So you've got uh, a heap of races coming up, six races in the next eight weeks. Um, how do you prepare for that? Is it a lot of time in the sim prior? I mean, there's a lot of tracks you obviously haven't been to before. Are there some that you have driven on though? Yeah, so uh, I've got Nashville this weekend, which is a track no one's been on before. And we've just been, uh, I'll go to the simulator tomorrow. I'm on the simulator for six hours tomorrow, just like learning the track and where the boys have been on it as well. Um, so I'll be in the simulator every week before the start of, start of a weekend. But the tracks I have been before, two before are Laguna Seca and Gateway, which is an oval. Um, so I've, I've and, and Indianapolis coming up, which is a good thing. So you now I've got three tracks out of the six that I've been to before and, natural we haven't been as a as a series so you know I'm, I'm really excited for these next six races i think you know we can really um you know have a good good showing and, and be right there and on pace wise you know i mean indianapolis we qualified fifth and ran in the top five most of the race just you know got held up by a couple of lap markers there and finished eighth so you know i feel pretty strong out of that track and yeah laguna seca we had a really good test um and, and gateway the oval i love that track too so yeah, really expecting um, to go you know, a lot better than I have been um, lately whilst I've been learning the tracks. Awesome. We can't wait to can't wait to watch. I wish they'd put it on at a little bit more appropriate time for Australia, though. You know, they, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, this, the, weekend's right. this weekend's like 7.30 in the morning on Monday, so it should okay. be right. Very good. Thank oh, you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, living in the States, uh, you know, completely different. Obviously, your wife... Uh, Carly is uh, is from there, so I'm sure she's uh, giving you some the guided tour of certain places. But what's life like in the states? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not too much different to what you know we're used to back home. You know, it's uh, it just there's a few different accents. I think the biggest thing for me is traveling around the country. Is that every sort of state is almost like another country. Like some of them speak differently. Um, you know, what they eat differently. What you can get in terms of product just from you know stores is different to what i can get in north carolina is different to what i get in georgia or atlanta or um alabama or anything like that so it's um you know it's it's been interesting i've really enjoyed it i've really enjoyed it i enjoyed the um you know how much sports on um tony knows i love sport i love watching sport i, I, I literally every night there's something on there's baseball basketball 
um, football soon. Like it's it's crazy. So um, being able to watch all that and, and be a part of it and watch it. Um, and, and another thing is weird watching Formula One in the morning. I've been watching Formula One like this morning. It was 9 a.m. the Hungary Grand Prix. Normally it's like, you know, mid, midnight at home. So have enjoyed that aspect of um, different time zones. And yeah, it's, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And what's your favourite state that you've been to? Uh, sure, that's a good question. Um, I think, honestly, I, I think I have to say, like, like North Carolina is, is, is really fun. Um, it's, there's a lot going on and, and uh, it's a hub for a lot of things. Um, California was pretty cool. Uh, I'm probably wrong if I didn't say New York because that's where <laughs> Cali's from. Um, and what about the COVID situation over there? Uh, obviously completely different to what we have here in Australia or, or New Zealand. Uh, how are they dealing with it? And what's your thoughts? Uh, I think we're, you know, over here it's lucky because I've got a vaccine. Uh, basically everyone that wants a vaccine has got a vaccine. There's the, you know, they're, they're pleading with everyone over here basically to get vaccines, um, to get things going uh, because this new Delta variant that's come in is, you know, it's sort of taking, it's sort of taking on the un unvaccinated more than anyone. Um, so a lot of the country's uh, cases are going back up a little bit, but they're sort of just, I don't know, from what I can see, they're pressing on a little bit. Like we, the last, since May, it's basically been back to normal, you know, full capacity at sporting events, no mask, nothing. Um, Crazy. It's basically been, you get the vaccine, it's your own risk sort of thing. If you don't, yeah, whatever. And I mean, it, it is, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, some people don't get it, some people do. It's part of it, and that's just how they have it, how they've gone on about it. Um, but I think having the access to something that is somewhat of a, a remedy has has definitely helped a lot of the governments and stuff decide what they do with masks and mandates and all that sort of stuff. So the freedom of that compared to say what I can see in Australia, unfortunately, the you know the rollout of that's been really slow, which has really hurt you guys. So um. <laughs> Yeah, thinking you down under that's for sure. Yeah, we can't well, even they vaccinated cross a border. the old folk. Mm. They vaccinated the old folk like Grant. Um, <laughs> he's he's been vaccinated already. But uh, well, young bucks dad, like me, nah. Yeah, my mum dad hasn't even got it. Like like uh, I think they're scheduled to have theirs on September in September or something. So I was I was hoping that they're going to get their vaccine and and come across to America because I said it's, mm. it's kind of a little bit risky coming over to a place with 330 million people where only half the country is vaccinated, but it's kind of open. So it's a little bit sketchy, but yeah. Uh, no, no, well, no doubt. We've... No doubt they'll get it soon. Uh, I tell you what this, uh, what it has done though, it's um, pushed this Bassus 1000 back by a few weeks, which might work absolutely perfectly for you. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've still got to work out a few things right now. Um, for sure. It's, uh, it's all going to hit. I was going to make sure, um, you know, that certainly has helped me and, and I can make the race now, which is going to be a, definitely a, a good thing, but where it's sort of been put now is sort of potentially in where we're going to be testing in the off season as well. So I've just got to like work out, you know, obviously to get down under, you've got to do two weeks quarantine. So there's two weeks gone. Uh, that's a long time to be honest. And then, you know, by the time I get my seat fit done and stuff, I'd love to be there a couple of weeks before the race. So I'm potentially looking at sort of a month and a half sort of out or in the country in Australia. So it's, it is a lot um, in terms of, you know, where I'm like, uh, in terms of, um, you know, like my, my off season, my winter testing schedule for, for IndyCar. But 
you know, hopefully we can make it work. Um, I'm, I'm sure we can. It's all agreed upon between us and you know, me and Ryan, you know, way, way back when. So we'd love to get it done and um, yeah, it'd be good. Hey, Grant. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can ask Scott who he's going to partner, and then I can find out who I'm going to partner. <coughs> well, every week, maybe every we week, like Scott, engineer it. Every every week, we ask uh, Tony who is uh, who he's going to team up with. So, and we don't get any straight answer. And out I still of it. don't know. So maybe it's <laughs> YouTube. Maybe it's YouTube blokes teaming up. Yeah, well, I was I'd, actually thinking maybe. that. That'd be all right. I was thinking, That'd... put put um, Will and Anton together, and then Scott, I'll go with you. You can qualify it. No, I don't I'll want to call do the hero I was planning on coming down under and not qualifying. I'm just, I'm, I can't wait to put my feet up for qualifying. <laughs> it's been a mixed. No, a we're mi- very much looking forward to it though. Yeah. A mixed yeah. season for DJ. I'm not really mixed. The pace has been there, but. You're so um, harsh, mate. I'm not, so I'm not harsh. harsh. Uh, Shane Vengisbergen's obviously had an incredible run, incredibly consistent, incredibly fast, and has really made every other 24 drivers out there look um, look pretty second rate. But uh, from from afar, what's your take on on this year's championship? Uh, from the DJ perspective or just overall championship? Uh, well, you can go overall. I did uh, ask a pretty open-ended question there. I started, yeah. one, I started one way and ended another, but you can answer it however you like. Yeah. Well, for instance, firstly, I think going the DJ perspective, I think they start on you know we when i was there we went average at sandown and we went average at a couple other places bathurst for us last year the car was a pig to be honest it was terrible and totally probably backed me up on that so it was it was a a a, um tough start for them and i think they did a great job at bathurst um initially and then obviously went to tougher tracks um but yeah shane i said you know, last year or, you know, the start of this year that Shane was going to be the one to beat. You know, he's coming in, he's, he's, you know, he's 30 something years old. He's in the form of his life. You know, they reckon that's when you're at the peak of your career. And he's been at that team a very long time. Um, And I think with myself leaving in terms of, you know, there's new partnership to DJR, which was their strongest competition. You know, that was always going to take time. So the only way that sort of DJR were going to sort of stop that juggernaut of Shane and Triple Eight was, you know, come out strong. And they did come out strong, but it wasn't strong enough just to, you know, stop those those points that Shane gathered at the start. And now they're starting to, you know, Anton, Will, and a few others are starting to get their bearings and, you know, bringing some points back and whatever. But I, I sort of feel like it's a little too late now. I think Shane's in the position now where he can sort of just cruise. And and certainly if I was in his position, I'd be just, you know, taking points wherever I could and and and, you know, not really stressing about the situation too much. And that's the beauty of being around ahead and having that buffer because if something bad happens at, you know, Bathurst or whatever, you know, regardless of the result, if he's still 300 points ahead, that's the magic number. You know, you know, it doesn't matter. So yeah, I think he's in complete command and control. Um, He's obviously, you know, the team is very good. And, and um, you know, I think by the time everyone sort of gets their socks pulled up and whatever, it might be a little bit too late. Now, Scotty Mack, uh, obviously JW is finishing up this year, uh, retiring, um, and there's going to be a seat available there. Who do you know, or who do you think is going to take that seat? <laughs> we reckon it's Toby I was, Price. I have, yeah, I haven't paid a huge amount of attention. I, I've, I've seen come like, on, I've seen Brock. You know what? I, I've, I saw an article about maybe Earl Bamba, and I was like, mm. you know, I could see them going that way for sure, but I, I can't. 
I think Shane's experienced enough that he could easily have a young teammate. And if they believe enough in Brock, then I can't see why they wouldn't put Brock in there. I think um, it's, you know, speaking from experience of being a very young rookie in the series, like, yeah, he'll have a huge amount to learn, but man, you know, he'll, he'll eventually get it and, and be fast enough to compete, especially in that car. So, I mean, if I, if I was them, if I was J-Dub, I'd be throwing it, I'd be throwing, you know, Brock in there and, and letting him get it done. And with Shane as a, an experienced teammate who, you know, these days enjoys helping the younger people, you know, enjoys helping, you know, people come up through the ranks. And I think um, that would be a pretty good partnership. Scotty Mack, we've uh, thoroughly enjoyed having you on the uh, on the Parked Up podcast. It's great great to see you. Awesome to follow what you got going on uh, in the States and, and really looking forward to hopefully seeing you back here for the great race uh, in, in November. Just, uh, just one final question. Uh, do you think it'll take you long really to get back in that supercars, in the supercars yeah. swing? You'll have a seat fit and then your first laps are going to be burning out there on uh, uh, heading up Mountain Straight. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get a rookie test day. Yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably get like a, you know, imagine that there'd be a few people jumping up and down about that if I get a rookie test day. But um, no, I think, um, yeah. They wouldn't it's... blink an eye if I got one though. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll just try and spit in your suit and I'll be all right. No, I, um, yeah. uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, um, you know, if I, you know, the one thing that I got on my favor is that it's a car that I know and I, and I, and I know not a huge amount's changed in the car from what I've spoken to the engineers about as well. So it sort of certainly helps. But I remember the first test day back after I did the Coda test and it took me a few laps. Like I felt really high in the car and, and the car just felt like really, you know, it was rolling you could, over and it was a little, obviously a little bit more slower in the high speed you know, you could feel everything, right? And now, you know, I've been in this car for a year and a bit now, probably over a year by the time I drive a supercar. So it's going to be certainly, um, it's going to be a massive change and massive feeling change for me. But we'll see. Hopefully I can get the chance for sure. Thanks, mate. Thanks for your time. Enjoy. We'll see you soon. No worries, boys. Appreciate it. Thank you. And we thank Scotty Mack for his time. He, uh, I know everyone can't see him, but damn, he <laughs> he was like tanned. It looked like he'd gone through the, the uh, a tanning bath. It's either that or we're just super pale. I, I did take a <laughs> sneaky little photo, so you can uh, you can share that on the socials. I will. Um, but yes, super relaxed and uh, yeah, very thankful that he could uh, give us a little bit of time because he is racing this weekend. Um, he's getting himself ready. He was just about to jump back in the simulator the next day. So, yeah, very fortunate to grab him for a moment because, mate, he's a big superstar these days. There's no doubt. Definitely. And uh, he was more than happy to come on our little humble uh, parked up podcast and catch up with the fans. So, uh, yeah, big, big calendar. You know, lots of racing to come. He's got testing as soon as he finishes the year as well, which is could potentially – be uh, a bit of a drama for his uh, Bathurst 1000 campaign. But if Grant, if you were Scotty Mack and you had mm -hmm. the opportunity to come back to Australia, catch up with your family, uh, spend five, six weeks here, go and race one of the greatest races in the world, would you do that or would you rather go testing? Ooh, uh, I mean, I see the significance and the value in it. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. Mm -hmm. It's hard. 
it's hard. Uh, like it just depends. Like if it if if he's going to lose his job because of because of it, if they really if his current employer really 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 want him to to be there for the test, then sure you would probably make sure you're at that test. But mm. if they're going to give him some uh, dispensation to come out and do it, then of course, yeah, come see the family, come compete at the great race, try and win the Bathurst 1000 another time. Uh, I reckon yeah. uh, Penske will let him come because they're, they're racers. They get it. They've done it. They've won it. You know, mm. I think that they, I think we pretty open to the things so fingers crossed it'll be good to see him be great to uh share share the weekend with him and just catch up considering all the cool stuff that he's done this year it'll be interesting to see how he you know climatizes back into a supercar i reckon he'll be fine he'll jump in that thing and yeah it might take him a couple of little laps to <laughs> get rid of some of those uh nasty high downforce open wheel sort of traits it, out of his it, brain can you imagine how slow it will feel? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be literally hanging on to the thing because I haven't driven anything all year. And he'll be like, God, I think I think we've, we've lost a cylinder in this thing. Like, it's slow. <laughs> uh, no, oh, dear. You'll be fine. And you'll be fine as well. You'll be fine as well. Hey, even by that point, you would have had a, uh, at least, at least one TCR race under your belt. At least one. Maybe even yeah, two. It'll Maybe. be fine. Actually, l- last year when we went straight to the Bathurst 1000, did nothing all year, literally all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I did the 12-hour. That was it in like end of January. Mm. Sat around all year and I was absolutely cacking me dax that I wasn't <laughs> going to be able to drive this thing and I, I'd totally forgotten. And other than the first three or four laps where I felt a little bit rusty, you get back into the swing of things real quick. Yeah, and yep, you might not be, you know, trying to find the last tenth of a second, but it does. It, a lot of uh, a lot of it does come back naturally. So it gave me a lot more confidence that hey, if we have the same scenario this year, you know, I'll, I'll be able to, I'll be okay. And uh, probably a lot of other guys are in, in a similar boat. But I'd still prefer to be doing a bit of racing prior to going to the biggest race of the year that we desperately want to try and win. Sim racing championship is that what you're suggesting? Wow, we haven't made much progress on that front, have we? <laughs> We've gone backwards, if anything. Uh, We've gone backwards. Uh, no the worries. wheels were spinning, and they're sort of like just slowly digging into the uh, gravel right now and and biting in, but not not much traction, forward traction. Let's see. Let's see what the next week uh, brings, <sighs> brings us. So, hey, actually, well, tell me what was your fastest lap time around Mount Panorama in the Shell V Power Mustang last year? Oh, well, you know, if I actually put all my sectors together. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm talking about one complete lap. No, I think when... I did a, I think I did a five one or something like that, but there was definitely a four, four, four in it. And I went yeah. off at the last corner. Oh God. I got what a bit you... excited. What'd you do that for? Cause I got excited and I was What's like, this, this is going to, this is going to be a two Oh four. Oh my God. And then I locked a tire and ran wide and it was like a five one or something. And I was absolutely this was, spewing. And this was like practice three or something. I think it was practice two. Like it was really, I was into right. it, into it. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, I didn't. So there you go. I can't, I actually really enjoyed not, I really enjoyed last year's Bathurst because like we knew 100% we were stuck on the couch. 
I watched every single session, like <laughs> glued to that TV. Like I had TVs, I had iPads going with Natsoft and, you know, my phone flicking through Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, looking at updates were happening at a track. It was, it was the best. It was, you're, it you're was keeping was my really whole good. family updated. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when's the next session? When's the next session granted? And I, yeah, I was kind of uh, being a bit of a tour guide as well from my yeah. couch. But Do um, you remember actually, I think it was session five or, or just before it was like my last session before the race and we had a gearbox go and they only did like two or three laps. The gearbox went and I got stuck down the escape road and then the boys changed the gearbox changed the gearbox and got me out for like one lap at the end. Impressive. Very good. Ah, uh, the things you have to do, the things you have to do. Um, okay, cool. Episode 69, parked up, powered by race fuels. <laughs> We're kind of done. Oh, should I ask you what you think about when uh, you mentioned 69? Oh, uh, I think, i tell you what I do think of. I think yeah. of indoor sports players who run the number 69 on the back of their shirt and they're typically like the youngest or the most immature of the players <laughs> on that team <laughs> that's what i think of <clears throat> oh dear <clears throat> what a number yeah what a way what <laughs> what a thing all right <clears throat> oh we're done let's go let's get on with the rest of the week enjoy everybody tony d thanks for joining us we'll talk to you next week see you mate